Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Stop. 
God makes a way when it just seems like there's no way out of the pit and out of the mess. He is always there making a way forward. May I encourage you as we sing this next song, Make Room, just to be open-handed to God. And I know in my life it's really hard to say, oh, I'm making room for you, God, and my flint, my, uh, my fists are clenched tight like this. So whatever that looks like for you today, whether it's open-handed towards God as we worship, or maybe it's just opening your heart and softening a little bit, or maybe it's raising your hands as we worship Him, let's make room for Him today. Thank you. 
give you room to move inside of us today. Your word says that when we take away every weight of sin and throw it off behind us, God, that we can move forward in you. And so we throw ourselves forward into your will, God. No matter what we're facing, we know that in you we can do all things. As grand as earth has quaked before, moved by the sound of his voice, and seas that are shaken and stirred.
this morning. No matter what you brought in to this gathering this morning, I hope you leave today knowing that it is well with our souls because we believe in the one true God and he is for you. There is a reason you are here today worshiping with us and he has something for you today. Do you believe that? Do you believe that this morning here at Real Life Church? Awesome. It is so good to see you guys here at Kentucky Trail Elementary. If you are brand new, uh, my name is Brandon Keel. I serve on the connection team here at Real Life. And it's just so great to see all your smiling faces. It is also great to feel the presence of our online worshipers today. Can we give a big shout out to Real Life Church Online? Make them feel welcome here as well. Awesome. Well, before you guys have a seat, uh, make your way around, say hi to someone next to you, give them away, make them feel welcome, and then go ahead and find your chairs. And if you are new here this morning, uh, first off, welcome. Welcome to Real Life Church. We do have a couple of uh, next steps for you, though. Some homework, if you will. Um, you can text RLNEW to 97000. And what that's going to do, it's going to bring up a link to our digital communication card. We just have a few simple questions for you uh, to help you get more connected here at Real Life Church. Um, another way you can do that very same thing is if you scan the QR code on the seat back in front of you, it'll take you to that communication card as well. So we invite you to, uh, to fill that out for us. Um, if you are joining us in person today, we'd also invite you out to the New Here booth immediately following the gathering, where we do have a small gift for you uh, just for being here and choosing to worship uh, this Sunday with us here at Real Life Church. Um, to give you a little bit more background on who we are, uh, this is Real Life Church, and we are a church on mission. So you can kind of look around and see, you know, we're meeting in an elementary school. We are a portable church, which means it takes a lot of us. It takes a lot of a village, as they say, uh, to make this thing go. So why? Why do we do it every single week? You know, why do we go through all of the, the toil and the labor to put on uh, just a great, a great gathering for you all this week and, and everything else that we have, all the different ministries that we do? It's because of this mission uh, behind us here. We are a church on mission, and that mission is to help uh, those that are far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. And we are wrapping up a series today, the, the Breakout Year series that has really helped us kind of vision cast, you know, to, to look at that mission, to reflect on it, but then cast it out over the course of 2023. And so to wrap that up today, we're, uh, we're actually welcoming uh, someone you all know quite well to the stage. Uh, Barry Hardy is going to be delivering the word for us this morning, and uh, he's going to really uh, kick the, uh, end this thing with a bang, if you will. So let's give it up for Barry. Thanks, Brandon. If we're going to do this with a bang, I'm going to bring Dan Bray up here. We're going to bring the expert fireworks guy in the house, right? Man, I'm so excited to wrap this message up, this message series. Have you guys loved Breakout, the idea of breaking out and what Pastor Sean's brought to the house? That's right. He has brought so much good stuff. Can I tell you guys a secret? I don't have anything to add. <laughs> but what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to my people. And what I mean is I'm going to talk to the yeah, but people. Any got any yeah, but people in here? Yeah, right? My wife says I'm a butt, but I think she means something else. Sometimes she uses a different word, but don't tell her I said that. No, the words that, in, the, in the vision and the wisdom that Pastor Sean's brought over the last several weeks, man, it's just been inspiring. And it's run the gambit. And early on, he talked about if you missed any of these, you guys should go back and check them out. And I would really encourage you to do that. But he talked about starting off small, the idea of, you know, so many people do resolutions and they want to change the world. But how about you start with cleaning your bedroom, right? When you do something small, God gives you an ability to do that. And he wants the big thing in your life, but you have to prove yourself through doing the small thing. And when we do that, we find ourselves doing the small thing and the small thing. And it adds up to something big. And it's cool and it's awesome. And then he really talked about uh, from Paul what we have is a purpose, God's given us a purpose, each one of us in here, because a lot of times we look at the guy up on stage, well, Pastor Sean's got a purpose, or we look at the worship team, they got a purpose. The reality is this, every person in this room, every person under my voice, online, you have a purpose, God's got something for you. And man, Pastor Sean just really brought that home just so strongly. And then he talked about prayer, because who knows if you've tried to do things on your own, it doesn't ever end well, right? When you come into the into God's presence through prayer, there's just something supernatural. There's something miraculous about it. When we depend on prayer, it just changes everything. 
And then another really practical thing is this, is he looked at, at David and Goliath, and he talked about getting rid of the negative voices in our lives, the negative influences, the people that say, you can't do that. You're not meant to do that. You don't have a purpose. They're the ones telling you the lie. And we get rid of that. And then we've, we talked last week about moving into uncharted waters, getting and letting God's voice just putting us past our boundaries, the limits that we put on ourselves, right? And so we have all these tools in our, in our hands just to have that breakout year. And if I went to each and every one of you individually and I said, do you want to have a breakout year? Do you want to change? Without exception, I would say that most everybody under, in this room would say, yeah, I do want to change. But then you've got my people, and this is the reason I'm up here, because this is who I am a lot of times. Yeah, but. Because in my mind, and maybe this is your story too, you hear everything that Sean says, and that sounds really good and it sounds awesome, but that's for somebody else. Because what we do is we look at our lives, we look at our past, we look at our history, and we say, he's not talking about me. Because if you really knew who I was and what I've done and where I've been, he'd know better. Because God can't use me. God doesn't want somebody like me. And that's not true. And that's not the reality. But it's the life that we live. It's the, it's the mindset that a lot of us carry. And it holds us back from having that breakout year, doesn't it? Am I preaching, am I preaching to people that know who, what I'm talking about? Yeah. Absolutely, right? And it's, it's, it's a life that's just destructive. And I came across this, this saying, and I'm going to have Rob throw it up here in a minute. And it took me four years of Bible college to, to distill this out. But this is the construction version of all the theology you need to know, and it's right here. If you ain't dead, you ain't done. Is that proper English? Any, got any English teachers in here? Say it with me. If you ain't dead, you ain't done. Absolutely, right? Well, what does that mean? Where does that really leave us? And it's simply this, is that God wants you back in the game. God doesn't want you on the sidelines. God's got a star role for you to play. And you may not believe it, and you may know it in your head, and you don't feel it in your heart, but that's the, the connection you've got to make, that 18 inches, to know that God's vision for your life is one that can be real. And you may not know what that is. As, as Sean was going through the, 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 the people in the Hall of Fame in Hebrews chapter 11, they didn't all know what was going to happen in their lives when they gave it over to God, and they had their breakout season. They didn't know what that was going to look like, but God revealed it to them. And that's what God's going to do in your life. Because if you're not dead, you're not done. But a lot of times the reason that we don't listen to God and we don't pray and we let those negative influences come into our life is simply this, is that we can't get past our past. We can't get past the thing that we did, the relationship that we destroyed, the addiction that we allowed into our life. Or maybe you're in a different situation. Maybe you can't get past the thing that was done to you, whether it was physically or whether it was emotionally, maybe even sexually, because I know that's the story of so many people that are in my circles. And they look down and they say, that disqualifies me. I'm worthless. And they don't allow the God's grace to come into their life because I want to push back and I give you, since I'm a butt guy, I'm going to give you three butts. It says, and God looks back this and says, but my love is bigger than your hate. That's what God is telling us. My God says this, but my grace is bigger than your sin or the sin that was done to you. My calling, this is God speaking, is bigger than what you think is a limitation on your life. And it, when I say, if you're not dead, you're not done, that's not some just simple motivational speech. It really what it is, it points to a biblical truth is that God has you here for a reason. If you're still here, he's not done with you. He's got something that you need to do, something that he wants for you. He's got an abundant whole life, something that he's called you to. And the limitation that, that we have is one that we put on ourselves. And if we don't change, we don't have a breakout year, we can't look back in a year from now and point at God and say, this is your fault. Because ultimately, it's going to be a choice that we made. And I've, I've faced that in my life. And the things that God's called me to that I haven't done, I've always had to look back and know that, that it, wasn't, it wasn't God's issue, it was mine. And I want you to think about these, these couple of little words, and we'll get into a couple stories and we'll be done today, is what does it mean to be dead? What happens when you die? Can you fix anything? No, why? Because you're dead, right? <laughs> there is, well, tomorrow I'm going to, because I'm dead. Have you ever been to a funeral and somebody got up out of the casket? No, right? 
If you did, I want to hear the story because it's cooler than anything I'm going to have to say. Right? What about you're done? I'm on the mat. I'm pinned. We have any wrestlers in here? Anything, any combat sports? When you're in a fight and you get put on the ground and you're done, you're done. It's over. There's nothing that you can do. And that's the way so many of us feel. That's the way so many of us live. And that's the reality. Because when we hear about I ain't dead, I ain't done, a lot of us think, it, think of it in the context of, you know, forever. I'm not talking about your funeral. I'm really not. And God's got something to speak about that. And, and real quickly, if you're under the sound of my voice today and you don't know what I'm talking about and you don't have a relationship with God, can I tell you that he has got a purpose that is bigger than you can ever imagine? He lived and died Jesus did, and he did it all for you. And it's to take away everything that we've ever had in our lives that will hold us back, our sins, our failures. And if you accept him and you follow him and you become his disciple, you'll have an eternity after your funeral. But as important as that is, and and I'm not discounting it in any way, God spoke more about the here and now than he did really about heaven and hell. Because he knows that a redeemed life is more than an insurance card. It's more than a, like, After that, I'm going to be good. He's called to us right now to live a redeemed life, a changed life, an abundant life. And that's what he's calling you to do today. If you ain't dead, you're not done. He's speaking about what we're going to do next. And the things that limit us, the things that hold us back, are the things that we don't think we can get past. And we give it away. And we know that God's got our our eternity, but we don't think that he can salvage our, our now in our days between now and our funeral. And that's the things that we have a hard time getting into the fight. And so what we do is we give up and we lay down and we live really as if we're dead. Whatever that is for you in your life, it's finished you, you're pinned, you're done. Hey, I get it. It's been my story at some point too. I understand where you're coming from. But God's grace is bigger than our limitations. Our, his calling is bigger than what we think that we can do. And I think he's put, he's put this thing in our hearts to understand that redemption is the best thing and it's a beautiful thing. It's the reason that we love the stories and the movies and the books that we enjoy, right? When we just did at the movies not too long ago, you guys were so excited for the last movie we did. It was Top Gun 2, right? Did you guys really like that? Now, I'm going to give you a spoiler from Top Gun 1, 1986. So if you haven't watched it, it's your fault. It's almost 30 years old. In Top Gun, what we loved about the movie was this, is that Maverick went through all this tragedy and he lost Goose, his, his pilot, his, co, or his co-pilot, his, this guy that he depended on, his best friend. And he struggled emotionally. He just didn't know how to get past it. And then towards the end of the movie, he was put in a situation that he had to get into a fight. In the same way that God's called us to get into a fight, to have a breakout. And he's sitting there circling. He sees all these enemies surrounding the guy he's got to go save, Iceman. And he's up and down, right? And there's like this, this dilemma in his heart. What's he really going to do? Is he going to get in the fight or is he going to leave? And you all know, he finally makes a decision. He gets in. He starts killing all the bad guys. He helps Ice. They get out. They survive. Crowd goes nuts. Everybody loves the movie, right? It was such a good, a, a good ending. What if it had been a little different? What if he'd been circling and he saw all those, all those enemy planes and he decided, I can't do this. I'm done. I'm out. And instead of going down to get in the fight, he flew back to the carrier, got court-martialed. Iceman dies. Boo. Boo. <laughs> you don't want to see that movie? You don't want to, you, you don't want to, you don't think, do you think that sequel's getting made? It's no. You're like, no. That's Maverick. They can't end that way. If, if we want that for Maverick, why do we allow ourselves to, to fly away, not get in that fight? It's because we don't believe in ourselves. We don't think that God's really can use us, can put us back in the fight, give us a breakout year. Because we look at the crap that happened to us in the past and like, that's too big. God, you can't fix that. And again, it's not true. I want to give you one story about, I love real life, pun intended, right? It's better than fiction. There's a book that I read several years ago. It's called Reach for the Sky. It was about a World War II pilot that flew for the RAF. And the guy's name was Douglas Botter. And if you've never heard of him, I hadn't either. So it's not a name that really gets thrown out. But he was the maverick of his day. He was the best of the best. 
And the cool thing about this guy was not only was he an ace fighter pilot, he was a brilliant tactician. And then when Germany was invading uh, early in the Battle of Britain and trying to, trying to get prep, uh, prep Britain to be invaded, uh, their ground troops, what they did was they were flying and bombing the Blitz. If you guys know history, it was crazy. Well, this guy, he didn't single-handedly change the war, but he went in and he changed all the tactics of what, of what the, the British uh, Air Force was doing. And he would go in and he'd fly high because the British airplanes had an ability to go higher than the, the German ones. He used the sun for cover and then they would go down and they would destroy him. And he just turned the tide and he alone had 20 kills to his credit. Maverick, he was a stud. Great career. And on his last mission, when they were going through France and he was taking out all these planes out there and destroying them, in his last battle, he shot, shoots down a plane, and then something happened, and somebody shoots him down, and he gets captured. He's a POW. And he spends the last three and a half, almost four years of, uh, of World War II as a POW. And a lot of us, we'd be like, all right, I'm done. I did my job. Not this guy. He continued to fight. Crazy story. He got captured. He'd had multiple escape attempts. He actually escaped. You could write all, you could, I, I can't believe they haven't made a movie about this guy. And even when he couldn't escape, he was riling up the other guys and keeping up the morale. He's like, hey, we got this. We're going to win. He was the best of the best. And not just because of his aerials, just because of his leadership. And it really changed everybody around him. Even the Germans respected him. Now, I tell you all this to tell you this, or all that to tell you this. He had a past that would put most of us on the ground. Because here's what I haven't told you. As he trained, they already knew that he was the best. He was the best pilot. He could do anything with an airplane. But you know what he had a problem with? He had a problem with authority. He disobeyed orders. He had a lot of pride. And what happened was, is he took a plane that they said that he shouldn't have taken, and he disobeyed orders, and he was out trying to do these aer aerobatic routines, and he got a little too close to the ground. And he just pile-drived his plane in the ground, and after his wreck, they cut both of his legs off. A legless pilot. He was done. And he's laying in the, you read a story, and, and he's going through life, and he's just depressed. He's like, I just screwed up everything. Everything that he cared about, everything that he was living for, it was gone. And at the time, he lost one leg below the knee, which you could do a prosthetic for at the time, but the other leg he lost above the knee. They didn't have the technology to have a functional leg. They told him he wasn't ever going to walk again. So through the battle of his mind and physical limitations, he decided that he wasn't done. He didn't die, so he had something to live for. Not only did he walk, he learned to dance, play golf. He decided he wanted to fly again, and this was right before World War II. He fought every limitation, every negative voice in his life, and he succeeded. We only know about the breakout because of what he accomplished, but he never would have been there had he not fought the battles of his past and not let it be a limitation in his life. And I love that story just because it really mimics a lot of the things that we struggle with, the things that we, we have in our past. What holds us back? And again, it's different for every person. And the other thing that I think about when it comes to, 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 to Bader is this. Is can you imagine the, star, the scars this guy had in his life? Lost both of his legs. He'd been beat up. He'd wrecked his plane. He had scars all over. Now, as a guy, a lot of times we think scars are cool, right? Does anybody here have a lot of cool scars? I used to think that I had the best scars in the world, and then I met Dan Bray. Have you guys seen his scars? I'm not going to tell his story, but you should, you should ask him sometime. You know, I remember one time we were with the guys, we were all like, oh, yeah, I got this, I got this. And then a tough lady that walked up and had three C-sections, she goes, you want to see my scar? I'm like, you win. You win. You guys are the toughest. But here's the thing about scars. What do they do? They're a reminder, right? They're a reminder of something you went through some pain that you, you've inf been inflicted on or even did yourself. The deepest scars aren't the physical ones, though, are they? It's the, it's, it's the ones that nobody can see, the scars on your heart. These are the scars that hold us back because there's so much damage. Sometimes they're even still fresh. There's another guy that I want to talk about had a lot of scars in his life. And a lot of times we don't think about it because we knew that he had a breakout year. And this guy's name was Peter. If you know Peter, he was a pivotal person in the New Testament. He was one of Jesus' closest disciples. And Peter had scars in his life. Now, 
I'm sure the Bible really doesn't talk about this. I bet Peter had a lot of physical scars. He was a fisherman. And when we think of fishermen, we think rod and reel, right? That's not what this guy did. A lot of heavy work, hard work. Hardest work you guys know, that's what a fisherman did back then. I'm sure he had rope burns that just tore his hands up. Probably had knife wounds from cleaning the fish. So those physical wounds were present on Peter. But Peter also had a lot of other scars that I'm going to get back to in a minute because I really want to look at his, uh, his breakout. And the breakout here is one that has changed history, and it's including your history, and it was called Pentecost. And in Acts chapter 2, it describes what happened with Peter because Peter was just a, just a fisherman. He was lower than a concrete worker, right? He wasn't educated at all. He had no business addressing a crowd. And here was Peter on Pentecost, and he addresses the people that had just killed Jesus less than two months ago. And he stands in front of him in Acts 2.14. It says this, Then Peter stood up with the eleven, the rest of the disciples, the apostles that were left, and he raised his voice and addressed the crowd. He said, Fellow Jews and all of you that live in Jerusalem, let me explain to this and listen carefully to what I say. Can you imagine Peter walking into a group of people that didn't want to hear what he had to say? Really had just killed his leader, his teacher. That takes a lot of guts. And Peter goes on to lay out the gospel. Here's who Jesus was. Here's what he did. Here's what you guys did. And here's what it means. And he cut them to the quick. Going to be more specific, the Holy Spirit used Peter and cut them to the quick. And when they heard that, they're like, oh, crap. <laughs> what did we do? And they ask him a question. And he says, what are we supposed to do now? We can't go back and fix this. And in, two, two, in that same chapter, in verses 38 through 41, Peter had an answer for him. And he said, he replied and said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and the promises for you and your children and for all that are far off. For all whom the Lord God will call. And that includes you guys. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And here's the cool thing. Here's the breakout. And those that accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 people were added to the number that day. Now, that's a church launch. Can you imagine 3,000 people we, we launched? What would we have done if 3,000 people showed up? I'm like, wow. Peter had a breakout. Peter didn't stop there. If you want to read the rest of his story, Peter had some struggles on and off, but, man, he had so many victories in his life. He helped, let the, he helped the Gentiles get into the church. Even Peter's death pointed to Jesus because when he was being, he's getting ready to get crucified by Nero. He said, hey guys, do me a favor. They're like, what, we're getting ready to kill you. He said, crucify me upside down. It doesn't say that in the Bible, but that's, that's, the, uh, that's the historical account that comes through from other sources. He said, because I'm not worthy to be crucified in the same way that Jesus was. And so you got Peter here that had scars in his life, but he had a breakout. Can I talk to you guys some about Peter's scars? And tell me if it's relevant to where you've been in your life? Peter liked to run his mouth, right? You guys know that story? I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. Jesus, I'm gonna protect you. You're not gonna get crucified. You're not gonna go to death. Jesus turned around and said, you're a devil. That might sting a little bit, right? I mean, here's a guy that you've been following for several years and he calls you a devil? Or how about the story when Peter actually gets on the water, has some faith to do, go out and follow Jesus, but he fails even at that. Even after Jesus gave him the grace to come out and do this, something that nobody else has ever done other than Jesus, he screwed that up. But here's really the worst scar in, in Peter's life. And it was this, he did the thing that he swore that he would never do. When Jesus really said, hey, this is getting close. I'm going to die. Peter goes, I will go with you to death. And Jesus goes, you will deny me three times. And Peter's like, not going to happen. Never going to happen. And what happened? At Jesus' trial, once, twice, three times he does the thing that he said that he would never do. Have you been there? I know that's my story in a lot of ways. Stage is talking to me. It's like, amen. The thing that we said that we'd never do, we've done. And it's a scar that's right here. 
And sometimes it's right at the surface and we keep picking at it and it still bleeds a little bit because it hurts. And it's a reminder that we didn't do the thing that we promised God that we would do. But for Peter, that scar was just as fresh as anything that we've ever experienced. And what did God do? Jesus came and said, hey, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, feed my sheep. And then he does it a third time. In the same way that Peter denied Jesus three times, God restored the calling back on Peter's life. Three times he asked him, do you love me? And he could ask you that same question today, do you love me? And when you say yes, I don't know if the answer is feed my sheep, but there's a calling on your life to do something. That was Peter's call. I want to tell you one other quick little story, one other man that lived with Peter. And it's a guy that we don't talk about very much. Because with Peter, we see all the stuff that he did, but we kind of discount it. Like, yeah, he denied Jesus, but it's just part of the story. Look what he did. He had a breakout season. And so we give Peter grace because Peter did the right thing. But there's another guy that we don't talk about because he didn't take the same path that Peter did. His name was Judas. And a lot of people are like, Judas? Man, what is that, you know? Judas is the guy that betrayed Jesus. You want to read through the gospels, every time that for the most part they talk about Jesus, Judas, it says, Judas, the man that betrayed Jesus. That's his whole identity. But here's something that I had never really thought about before. And here's what's crazy. You know what? Peter and Judas, their story really wasn't that different. They both did something that they thought they would never do. They both lied, they both betrayed Jesus, and they both did it to save their own hides, right? But I know a ton of people named Peter, right? Anybody in here named Judas? All right, can you imagine? This is my son, Judas. He's gonna betray the family one of these days. Nobody, nobody wants to be associated with that name. So if they have the same issue, the same problem, the same scar, the same failure, what's the difference? And the difference is, what did they do next? What did they do next? And that makes all the difference in their situations and in ours. Because for, for Judas, he saw what he did and he's like, not even God can fix this. Because if you read the story, he was devastated after he'd done it. He had regret in his heart. He even went back to try to give the money. He tried to fix it humanly and it didn't. You can't take something like that back. And when he couldn't fix it, he ran away. He laid down, he hung himself, he died. That's the end of the story. There is no redemption there. There is no breakout. Because Judas ran and he made a choice to do the thing that ends it all. What did Peter do? Because Peter had the same issue. Peter betrayed Jesus, Peter ran, Peter hid, but Peter came back. And when he was in Jesus' presence, do you not think that he was sitting there in shame? I did this to this man. I'd lived with this guy for three years and he told me what he's gonna do and I didn't listen. And that's the story of so many people, the yeah, but people. Because we see what happened in our lives. Jesus, you can't fix this, but Jesus is calling you home. <clears throat> and if you're, <clears throat> sorry, I'm choking on something. And if you're not dead, you're not done. And you still have that choice today to make. You can run to Jesus. And when Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, did you love me? Feed my sheep. He was restoring the calling on Peter's life. And it's a calling that you guys can have as well. If you are like me and you're the, that yeah, but person, what choice do you make today? And you may not be dead like Judas, but you're still gonna to continue to have a life that looks just like that if you don't make that choice for God. And I've had seasons of my life like that. And I look back with regret, but I also look back with, with the eyes of Jesus and the grace that he's used. Because if you were to ask Peter, if you could go back in time, would you deny Jesus? Would you pull that scar out of your heart? I'm sure he'd say yes. And if I asked you the same question, could you, would you go back in time to pull that scar away? 
you would say yes as well. But here's the power of the gospel. The ability for Jesus to take the scar, the weakness that you have and use it for his kingdom, it's absolutely miraculous. In the way that God will increase your kingdom, your ministry and affect your family, your circles to give you a breakout year will be nothing short of a miracle if you make that choice today. Because if you make that choice today, you'll get to live like Peter and everything that you do will point to Jesus. And maybe, just maybe, at your funeral, everything that you do, even in that point, will also point to Jesus as Lord. Would you guys pray with me? Father, we come before you, God. We're humbled and honored to know that you care about us, that you've done and sacrificed everything. You were creator of the universe, and yet you came to just this lowly place out of love. And you love us not because of the good things and, and the things that we can bring and add to you, but you love us in spite of the things that we do, the scars and the hurts and the failures. And we give those to you, God. God, I wanna pray for two groups of people. And the first group is people that know Jesus today, but they struggle with having that connection from the head to the heart. They know that you've saved their eternity, but they're not sure that you can save their here and now. God, I pray that you give them the strength just to turn that over to you. And if that's you today and, that's, and you're struggling with giving God your scars, man, simply know this, is that if you can trust God with your eternity, you can trust God with everything that you have here and now as well. I want to pray for a second group of people. Maybe you're here today and you've never even had a relationship with God. You don't, don't really know what I'm talking about, but you know that you're missing something. You know that everything that you've done has come up short and it's been a failure and it's hurt and it's left a wake of destruction in your past. Can I tell you that there's a guy that's pursuing you, a guy that's got a great purpose for you, a guy that's got a wholesome, abundant life in spite of what you've done because that's all been redeemed. Anything you've done yesterday, today, tomorrow, when you give your life to God, it's said and done. You've been justified in his eyes. So if that's you today and you want, to, you want something better for your life and you want that relationship, it's so easy. It's a choice today to make, to follow God. And I'm gonna give you a prayer. And if you pray along with me, can I tell you that it will change everything? And it's not gonna be the prayer that saves you. It's gonna be your heart opening up to invite God in. So if that's you today and you want something better in your life and you know that you wanna have a relationship with the God that designed and has a purpose in your life, I want you to pray something like this. God, I come before you and you know my brokenness. God, you know the things that I've done and said and destroyed, the addictions, the hurt, the wreckage of my life. And God, I can't fix it. And I don't know what to do. And I wanna run like Judas but I know where that leads to death and destruction. And so God today, allow me to be like Peter and give my life to you. God, make it, make it a life that is honorable. God, save me from my sins. God, help me to establish a relationship with you. And God, use me wherever you go. And God, just thank you for who you are and saving from my soul today. And we lift up these things in your name. Can we give up for everybody just a round of applause that made that decision for Jesus? Thanks, guys. Yeah, and if that's you today, today can be a trajectory path changing part of your life. You were going one way and all of a sudden God was inserted into your story and everything changes and it's different. And so if that's you, we would love to celebrate with you. We'd love to connect you with how to walk with Jesus on that journey. And so I have a couple of ways you can do that. The first one's this. You can text RLNEXT to 97000. It's going to connect you right from your phone to some resources to help you grow on your journey in following Jesus. And if you're joining us here in person in our um, gathering at Kentucky Trail, we have some red bags on the way out of the worship center. I'd love for you to grab one. There's a Bible inside and also a way to help you connect to those resources. On that page, in that place on your phone, there's a place where you can share your story. And I don't think that God wants us to do life alone. That's why he made the church. That's why he put us in relationship. And so we'd love nothing more than for you to share your story with our team, um, to reach out to you, encourage you, to get you plugged into how you can grow in Jesus. I just know that that will make all the difference in your life. So we would love to connect you with those resources in that way. So check them out. They're free for you. Um, and so I hope that you'll take a part of that. 
And I love what Barry said, that the difference of the story between Peter and Judas is not very much. There's one small difference in there of the decision that they made that Jesus could restore them. And that's why we do what we do. It's like he said, if you're still alive on this earth and there's still a reason that you're here, and that's for the souls of people. God left us here as a church, as people, as believers, as the church to make a difference in the lives of people, to fight for souls on this earth. And that's why we're here. That's why we do this every week. That's why we set it up. And so I have a couple of ways that you can do that this week. And the first one is this. You can fight for souls in our community, but you can also fight for and pray for souls across the world. And this August, a group of us are going to be taking a trip to Colombia, South America, to Bogota. And we would love for you to join us there to see our global mission partners, to help encourage and inspire them to make the difference that they're making in Colombia, to build them up, to see the lives of young people changed and challenged, not just to follow Jesus, but to encourage a small group of young people who um, have given their life over to whatever God wants and want to be leaders for the cause of Christ. We get the cool opportunity to actually be at the discipleship school while they're in session um, to meet some of those young people while they're doing their leadership training for Jesus. So it's going to be an incredible trip um, right after the second gathering. So you're here with the first. Go out and get some brunch. Come on back, you know, around noon. I will meet with you in the Next Steps room. I would love to tell you about the trip. This isn't signing on the dotted line. This is just get some more information about what God could do through your life and how you could make a difference in the lives of people across the world. And the second thing is this. You have these welcome home cards on your seat right underneath you next to you, side of you, grab a few of them, stick them in your wallet, stick them in your phone, stick them in your console, in your car when you're going through the drive through but the souls of people are all around us every day. When you grab a coffee, when you're talking to a friend, um, when you see somebody online or somebody pops into your head, it's the best thing you can ever do is invite that person to Jesus. But one easy step that may be a little bit easier than telling them the gospel is inviting them to church where people are going to love on them and they're going to hear the word of God from people who love and care for them and want them to grow in Jesus. So you can start your own mini revival here. Grab some of those cards, pass them out. Um, each week across the whole world, a lot of messages are preached to empty seats, and we want to see people in our community know Jesus, and you can play a big part in that. And so join us as we're inviting, be inviting. If you're like me, every time we think about that, one person pops into my head. And so let me challenge you this week to take a minute and pray. God, how can you give me a chance to invite that person this week, to tell them about Jesus, to tell them what God's doing in my life? It'll make all the difference um, in your personal life to be a person who's inviting others to Jesus. And I have the perfect thing for you to invite them to, as a matter of fact. If you haven't heard, next Sunday there is a football game, and there might be something to do with our hometown team here, the Chiefs. But we are going to celebrate in a real-life way to have um, our football Sunday. So this is going to be an awesome opportunity to invite somebody out. It's going to be one gathering at 10 a.m. only. And the reason that we are doing that is because we are going to follow that gathering right up with a tailgate party. We're going to have specialty brats and hot dogs and sides and drinks and a really cool group of people to hang out and eat lunch with. Um, it's going to be really awesome. It's going to be really fun. So come on out. Bring the family. Bring the kids. We're going to have tons of food and fun for everybody to have. A few stage prizes and fun stuff I hear as well, too. So you're going to want to come decked out in all of your NFL gear. I don't want to be too exclusive. You know, if you have another team you want to rep, that's fine. We'll support you in that. Um, some people might not, but I won't shun you. Um, but it's going to be a really fun time to celebrate, and we're going to use it um, as an opportunity to kind of share a little bit of a vision of where we're going as real life. So the idea is that anything can happen on any given Sunday, and you're not going to want to miss out on what God is doing through that. So grab those cards, invite somebody out. There'll be some Facebook posts and things that you can share to some friends, but it's going to be a really fun week next week. Um, and lastly, we get to do all this because of your generosity. You guys are faithful to give, you're faithful to sacrifice, and you're faithful to make a difference in what we're doing here. And one thing that is super exciting that's coming up in just a couple weeks is that because of your generosity in finishing the Hope Center, our youth group is getting ready to move in and call the Hope Center home in just a couple of Sundays on February 19th. And I know the team is working hard to get everything put together to have just an incredible roll out the red carpet experience for our young people because we're not just creating a place where young people can come and have fun and connect and do those things, but we've really been given a generous to steward, a generation that's going through a lot of things, a generation that has a hard world that they have to fight against. And so we're giving them weapons and tools in their hand to fight back against the darkness in their society, against what they face every day in their lives. And so this place is going to be a place where they can be raised up as a generation of people to carry the cause of Christ into our world. And so be praying for these young people, um, be loving on them, be caring for them. 
and continue to give because that's how we can reach them and make a big difference in the world. So there's three ways you can do that. RealLifeChurchKC.com. You can click give. You can text any dollar amount to um, our, oh, no, I'm sorry, to 84321. And you can drop, we have a giving box in the back of cash or check is easier for you to drop in there with an envelope. And if you're new with us today, this offering is not for you. Um, this moment is really, we don't want something from you. We want something for you. And so I hope that you were blessed by today. And um, for everybody, if you have immediate need of food, clothing, or shelter, as these buckets pass by in just a second while I'm praying, please reach in, grab any loose cash you see, so it can be a blessing to your family. Let's pray. God, you're good, and I just thank you for what you're doing in our midst, God. I pray that you would help us to be people of revival, people who are reaching out to make a difference, to being inviters to your cause. And I pray today, God, if you've pointed us to a place inside of ourselves that needs that restoration from you, that needs to know you, God. I pray that you would help us just to say yes to that call inside of us, God. We are just anxious to see how you are continuing to move in our midst. I'm so thankful for the way that you have just gathered this body of people together to be our local church expression, and we are just so excited and expecting to see what you have for us, God. I pray that you would just bless this moment of generosity, that it would be used to make your name famous, both here and across the world, and we just are expecting for all to come. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, who's ready to fight? Oh, wow. I did not hear any cheers on that. Who's ready to fight? All right. All right. Good deal. Well, hey, just like Diane said, um, immediately after the second gathering, uh, we will be having an interest meeting for the Columbia mission trip. Um, my wife, Brooke, and I went on it last year, and, and wow, it was just breathtaking to see how big God truly is. And so I would encourage you all to, uh, to take that step, uh, to go and just learn a little bit more about what that could look like uh, for you guys this summer. Remember, next week it is 10 a.m. only, 10 a.m. only uh, here at Kentucky Trail or online uh, for Real Life Church Online. But come ready to have fun afterwards and come hungry. Um, and as always, we will have a prayer team member up here at the stage immediately following this gathering. Remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. All right, we'll see you guys next week. There's honey in the rock.